1: Head over to your app store, download the Anchor app, or head to anchor.fm to get started if you're ready to launch your podcast and make it happen.
2: I'm Pat Nevin. Hi, this is Ruben this cheek
1: I'm Mason Mount. You're listening to the London is Blue podcast.
2: Welcome
0: back, Chelsea fans, to another episode of the London is Blue podcast. Your home for all things Chelsea FC. Dan, Mike, Nick, and myself cover all the match reviews from the latest Chelsea matches. We cover the team news and even throw you some exclusive interviews. Thank you already for being an awesome listener. And you know what? Let's jump right in. Racketing Cup Champions 2019. That's right. We are back, Chelsea fans, with yet another episode of our summer series coming at you guys. We had a we had a big one today, big cup final, right? And I think that's what they they would define this as uh, the first major piece of silverware up for grabs this <laughs> summer uh, in the Racketing Cup. So we've got Dan, Nick, and Mike all joining us.
3: Nick, beverage of choice tonight? What what? Seems to be your your choice this evening. You know, it, when you win a cup, guys, and I know that our friends, you know, Arsenal, Tottenham, you know, United, they, they just don't know, but you have a celebratory beverage. Mine is a, a bullet bourbon with a large ice cube. Um, please sponsor this podcast, Bullet Bourbon. <laughs> we would promise to promote the responsible
0: drinking of your product as well, and we would be dear
3: patrons of you. Yep. Um, R- already are some of us already actually, are. Actually,
1: actually, please don't. It would be really bad for Nick's liver. Yeah,
3: <laughs> guys, I can stop whenever I want. We're fine.
0: I uh, love it. Uh, Mike and Dan, though, you guys. I mean, it was 5:30 a.m. my time. No big deal. Skipped it. I watched it later. What about you two?
2: I mean, you were the real warriors in this scenario. What What about you, Mike? Um, I woke up at 3:25 and Whoa. was. I think I fell back asleep as soon as the whistle at halftime blew. So, you gotta love 3:30 kickoffs, right, Dan?
1: Yeah, they're not great. Um, Look, you know, if you look at the Twitter timeline, there may have been a gap in the second (laughs) half. There may have been a point where I dozed back asleep and then woke up right at the end of the match. Um, So, I had to go back and watch a little. But, uh, you know, the first half was super exciting. So, I I definitely was alive for that.
0: Genuinely don't know how you do it. But,. I mean, look, that's what you get for living on the on the West Coast. That is self inflicted. <laughs> uh, N- Dan, run us through our iTunes reviews uh, because we have even more five stars.
1: It's it's ridiculous. You guys just don't let up. You are the Frank Lampard managing these training sessions two a days. Um, you know, thank you so much to. Jay Niz to Blindside Brian, who joined us on Patreon. He said he even downloaded iTunes just to review the podcast. He's an Android fan. So oh, maximum dedication. That, I absolutely love that.
3: That's yeah. wonderful. Yeah. That, that is huge. Uh,
1: and then Tucker131. Uh, just a lot of positive stuff there. Really enjoyed the five-star reviews. Tucker highlighting the fact that Syria is going to be the mat- the battle of ex-Chelsea managers this season. And I'm totally hoping that Antonio Conte or Ancelotti wins over Mauricio Sari personally. Um just because Juventus is the, you know, would be the expected winner. So I would rather someone else win. Uh, but hey, leave a five-star review in iTunes. Doesn't matter what country you're in. Clearly, you also could do it if you have an Android, if you have the dedication like Blindside Brian. And we will read it on air and we will thank you for it. And you will help connect other listeners with the show because that type of engagement on iTunes and on Apple Podcasts just helps people find us easier.
0: Absolutely. And a huge shout out to Brian, Tim, and Jake. Jake upgraded. Brian and Tim are new to Patreon. Huge thank you to you guys. Uh, perks are in the electronic mail. Don't worry, you'll get them soon. Uh, and then Nick again, always getting the thunder. We talked about the fact
3: that the contest was over and we're gonna have a winner. Oh, we've got a winner. We do. Uh, we went through and well, we I went through uh, all of the different posts that we uh, that we had out there on Twitter and Instagram. A lot of entrants. I think we had somewhere in the in the realm of like seventy five total uh, qualified entrants, where you had to, you know, follow us, follow Talisman, and tag three friends, and put the uh, name of the youth and or lone player that you were most excited to see back at Chelsea this season. Um, our our friend ended up winning by a random selection, uh, Matt. Uh, 1689 Jedi uh, enjoy the CFC cap, the Chelsea polo, and a uh, a talisman shirt that says "Support Local Soccer" on it. Um, we we just put them into a random generator and it spit out Matt. So uh, this is not the end though of the partnership. So if you're like really bummed out that you didn't get the you know the prize pack, don't you worry. There is more to come. These guys are are really invested in in what we're doing and are, are really um, excited to continue to partner with us. There's also, and I must correct myself in the last show, uh, a promo code that you can use to get 10% off an order of $35 or more, which is essentially the cost of a hat. It is London blue 10. Um, so not London pod 10, like I said on the last one, London blue 10, and, uh, that'll get you 10% off. So uh, help us out. Go spend some money with them. They're freaking awesome. We're going to be wearing their stuff in in upcoming videos and and stuff. So uh, congratulations to Matt, and uh, more to come. Absolutely. So again, just to kind of kick this off, give you a heads
0: up, uh, today we are not going to be overhyping good performances, bad performances. It's Barcelona. First real kind of test, if you want to say that. Uh, We're clearly not going to take this result saying, well... We've got the league in the bag, because if we can beat Barcelona, you know what I'm saying, we can we can beat anyone. But what we are going to do today is talk about Frank, the tactics, the lineup. We're going to talk about Jorginho. Obviously, now that he's no longer the golden boy of Maurizio Sarri, uh, if he still has a future. And then we'll probably talk about some young talent, maybe an American, uh, talking about making their moment count in preseason. So Let's line it up, gentlemen. We have Barcelona and the Rocketing Cup. Yes, there was a trophy on the line. Asby could not put it down because, spoiler <laughs> Chelsea won 2-1 against Barcelona in the Thomas Stadium. Dan, the key to success is in the lineup. What did Super Frankie Lampard go with?
1: Yeah, uh, no surprise. It is the 4-2-3-1 that we are coming to know intimately and love dearly and deeply and it was all in the back with uh, a couple people who have come back from feeling a little under the weather. We had Aretha Balaga in the back with the short-sleeve keeper kit. We saw a back four of Aspilicletta, Dava Luis, Christensen, Emerson, so Zuma gets a little bit of a break for at least the first half. You saw Kovacic and Jorginho again as that two was the pivot. You saw Pulisic, Pedro, and then Mount kind of essentially in that front three. And then you had the lone man up top, Tammy Abraham, Chelsea's new number nine, ready to take on all the responsibility that comes with that. In terms of substitutes, we had plenty. Tamori got on, Bashawai got on, Barkley got on. Drinkwater also got on. Bakioka also got on. That's probably when I fell asleep or closed mm. my eyes. Uh, <laughs> Kennedy uh, also made an appearance along with Zuma, Alonso, Zapacasa, and Giroud. Uh, Caballero coming, and then uh, Palmer did not make an appearance in this match.
0: Ten substitutions. Definitely no shortage of options for Frank in preseason. Uh, Top-level stats, Barcelona 55% possession to Chelsea's 45 Barcelona had 14 shots to Chelsea's 15. Barcelona had eight on target. Chelsea had five. We had four corners there, one. And the rest is pretty much boring. So looking at this super objectively right away from the beginning is we've won a trophy. So now that preseason results matter, uh, we can talk about the champagne celebrations uh, probably Pop and Sing is in the locker room Dude, afterwards. All we like, probably you know, got
1: was a discount code for, like, Rakuten's, like, online shop. That's probably <laughs> what happened. Everybody everybody on the winning team gets a 10% discount card.
0: <laughs> yeah, and if you lost, you still probably got five, because that's just the way they roll. Uh, but no, honestly...
3: Generous you know, <laughs> future sponsor of this show as well, so we're really excited to bring <laughs> Rakuten on board. Oh, man. It was, yeah, it was on the line. It was all to play for.
0: But... But obviously you know, trophy I didn't even realize it was a trophy. I I thought it was just the racketing Cup in name only. But let's go ahead and, and, and peel back the celebrations, the confetti, uh, the, the trophy raising ceremony, and the Lampard's back to his 4 2 3 1 in the first half. And he's getting results. Uh, scored two goals today. Obviously, you know, Barcelona missing a couple key players, Suarez. I think that was about it. I don't know who else would make an impact for them. Um, but jumping into this is is Jorginho. I think he's really starting to stand out in this lineup in formation, um, and we even had a tweet from now former guest Sebastian. Uh, Dan, what did he have to say um, about Jorginho?
1: Well, you know, uh, obviously, Seb, not one to mince words on Twitter, talking about Chelsea leading 1-0 versus Barcelona with Jorginho. Qu- open quote, can't play in a two, close quote, giving the assist in a midfield two. Uh, so now it's clear, sorry made the team look bad. But that was for everyone to see, but a small minority anyway. And you know, I think maybe just wading through a little bit of the snark that we've uh, come to know and love from our friend Seb, <laughs> I think Jorginho actually has looked pretty exceptional in the pairing of the two. Uh, I think actually what's even more exciting is when N'Golo Conte is completely rehabbed and N'Golo Kante is playing next to him, even though Kovacic looked very, very good. Nick, I think Jorginho is showing that anyone who doubted him last season, anyone who painted him as only good because he was working on Maresca, sorry, is showing the type of player that Guardiola wanted to bring to City. Yeah,
3: yeah. I mean I, so I did uh I was I was very impressed with Jorginho today and not just because he went two-footed on Griezmann early <laughs> on, which I I couldn't have loved any more. I mean, I just uh, you know, new signing. Welcome Banner to D- Borsa. Yeah. That's what you get for those <laughs> Halloween
1: costumes. B- uh, Banner <laughs>
3: Day, you know, and, and Jorginho just comes and, and puts some studs through you. That that felt really good. I, yep. I think, personally, and, and this is a guy that I think we all had, you know, a little bit of doubt of during the season last year, if we're being completely honest. I think he looks desperate to... Not only like show up, fight, you know, play with heart and grit and all the things that we are seeing right now, I think he's desperate to get out of the shadow of Maurizio. Sorry, I think he has been labeled as you know a system player for uh you know the last you know four or five years that he's he's played under Maurizio, and he's played the one position he's done the one thing or two things that are really impactful during a match, and you know new blood comes in. And I think the great irony is that he comes to Chelsea because of our former manager. And he stays at Chelsea because I think his talent is flexible enough to shine without, you know, kind of having the father figure around to coach him through. And I think, you know, on top of this, Mike final point without sorry here, to you know, basically put him in the lineup every game because he was first name on the team sheet for the most part. Him earning a spot in this team seems more significant, and I think the fans are going to react to that much differently than they did last year. Yeah, I mean, h- him deciding to stay and not run
2: away to you know back to Italy um, to kind of duke it out and, and fight for a spot—that's everything that you want from a player. And um, I think we're seeing a real renaissance happen with our players. Um, you know, you hear you hear rumors or talking about how they're not they're not standing around explaining how to play and what to do. Players are doing drills constantly, and they're enjoying things. And I mean, we're talking about with Jorginho, but let's talk about Barkley too. You have guys who were hampered uh, and hamstrung by, I think, a poor system or not really believing in themselves. And I think these guys know that Frank supports them and is just letting them play. And I, I think it's amazing. Um, and I cannot wait to see where we're going next, Brandon, because this this is what we want. You know, this is kind of a, a give-me season. You know, it's going to be a little bit difficult without the transfer um, ban. But again, I think, you know, maybe Jorginho will do what Drogba did and, and prove us that a uh, initial poor start at times is not the end of a Chelsea career.
0: Yeah. I think this is in his character. He's always been known to be a hard worker relentlessly. Um, you know, I bet he pushes the tempo and training. Um, so it's good to see him. I like Nick's point, especially talking about when he gets that, that monkey off the back of, he can only play from Maurizio in the bottom of a three, right? Like, the fact that he's much more dynamic than that is great. I know Marco, Mark Worrell on Twitter has been soaking it up for for, um, uh, Jorginho. And
3: so, yeah, hopefully it's just a good thing to see. I mean, to be, and, and I think to add on to that, Mike, like your previous point, you see a guy like Kovacic who, you know, if he plays this good all season, you can comfortably say that he was played out of position last year. Um, and, and now, you know, he's making dynamic runs. He is putting in big time challenges, you know, he's fierce, you know, both yeah. of them are fierce. They're not the biggest guys in the world. They're not the fastest guys in the world, but they're, they're kind of reaching, you know, a little bit of bastard stage, which I, God, man, I just love. Oh, I really so do. We, we need bastard stage players at Chelsea, you know, not, you know, Pulisic has a little bit in him, but not enough. You know, Tammy is, is all smiles and joy. Like, we need a couple of guys who are going to rough it up. Zuma could definitely be one of those guys. Like, you know, it, you need a balance. Nice. You can't just have guys who are going to play pretty football and not know what to do when Brighton puts 9 or 10 behind the ball. You know. Well,
1: I mean, you have a couple, you know, I mean, Dav Luis had a really nice uh, shoulder tackle at one point in the game. And definitely that was <laughs>
3: <laughs> hilarious.
1: Definitely gave it, you know, it took preseason to a whole nother level. Um, but I, I think this is where and again, none of this is to slate Mariso. You Sorry, know, if you were a, a huge fan of Mariso. Sorry, this is not Look, he, he won us a trophy. He leaves in good standing more than happy for him to get his opportunity to manage Juventus. This is the difference between an idealist and a pragmatist. Frank Lampard is a pragmatist. He is taking what he has, knowing the situation that he's in, and saying with a full evaluation of the squad, we're not going to maybe play that 4-3-3 that I was playing at Derby County because maybe our fullbacks are not good enough at this point to move forward as quickly and to do the interchange on the wings that he's looking to do. So what do we do? Maybe that's a little bit different. Maybe if we play a pivot of a two, maybe that gives us an opportunity to play a three. Maybe that three allows us to move into a 4-4-2 without position. So you almost get like that supporting striker in a Mason Mount or Pulisic. So the thing that we have to be most excited about is what Frank is doing and his ability with Jody, with the rest of the coaching team to say, you know what, we're going to experiment, we're going to figure this out. And it is not necessarily fully formed in any capacity, but to go take on Barcelona, even with it being their first game, but knowing the talent of those type of players who can just turn it on in a moment's notice, you have to be excited about this result.
3: Well, it's a good point because, uh, and, and I'll, I'll pass it back to you guys in a sec, like the the Seb uh, and Joe Tweeds podcast where they were talking about the different formations and and why each was going to be impactful. The four, two, three, one only works if your wingers are willing to track back and play a little bit of defense. It's the reason when Mourinho was here and hazard and Oscar and, and were playing that front three that it looked kind of sexy moving forward. And then it was a disaster when Ivanovic got burned every time because there was no cover and no one was willing to do the work and, you know, it just kind of became a disaster. So, you know, the fact that Pulisic is a willing runner um, and and any combination of all of the other players are looking, you know, like willing runners. I think Pedro is a willing runner, runner whether or not he's very good at tracking back is a whole different deal. This, it creates a different scenario because I agree that our fullbacks are, are just at current state, not going to, be able to do the up and down the flanks all year. It's just it's going to bring out a really bad defensive position, Mike, and you have to you know, if, if if we're worried about scoring goals, we can't give them up. Oh, yeah.
2: I mean, you know, keep it short and sweet and transition to Mason Mount. But I think that at the end of this season, um, you know, if we're looking at Jorginho, I bet you the average distance between him and his other midfield players, he will be much more tight. It'll be tighter and it'll protect him. And, and we give Jorginho a lot of shit about potentially speed or tracking back. He had to cover huge open spaces as – you know Eden and William at times are just looking over their shoulders as a ball is going the other way. So I think um, I think that's just a, us winning the midfield and, and the intensity and the hustle that Mount and Polisic and some of these young players are bringing is the difference in games. I mean some of our downfall the last 3 4 years has been we've had the skill but we haven't been up for a game. We couldn't we couldn't you know get into a match until 30 40 minutes because we thought we were better. And and this is this is back to what we love about Chelsea football intensity and and you know just running your ass off for the club. And the one thing that's
1: going to be different this season versus last season is if you now have four essentially attackers on the pitch that you know the offense or the the defense has to worry about in transition. Jorginho is not going to get man marked out of games. He's not going to be the single focal point for the defense to go after. Yeah. So now a lot of the situations that he was finding himself in last season where you know they started closing out quickly. He was identified as the linchpin. He's going to have a little bit more creative space to work, and that is super exciting. But you're right; we we should talk about Mason Mount. Yeah, and I'm, I I intentionally took this point to transition into Mason Mount and take the ownership of it because, <laughs> damn, damn, this kid is looking take exceptional. Take the
3: ownership of it. Yeah,
1: absolutely. You know, Frank Lampard, after the match, talking about Mason Mount specifically, saying that he's had a great trip and he's announced himself into the first-team squad. And, yeah, I mean, this guy is... I mean, he should have had at least an assist today, uh, had one good attempt on goal, it was kind of always rising a little bit. And I, I'm just so excited, Nick, for, I think, what he's going to bring to the team. And I, I think he could lock down a starting position... Um, before any of the other kind of like new youth integration in the team uh, quicker than anybody else? Uh,
3: Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, considering that Callum's hurt, you know, I think that's a a fair point. Rubens, obviously it looks like he's further behind um, with the, with the same injury. So um, Mason has been encouraging to me, Brandon, I think because he is finding little pockets of space in a way that, it kind of reminds me a little bit of like when Juan Mata would duck in and out, and and just be able to look at the lines and then be able to to find a spot, turn and run. And you know, I, I he obviously has a great eye for a pass. I'm excited about his his skill on the ball. I think that he you know could potentially add a couple of goals to the mix and and be a really interesting player at that point. But. I think at this point of the year, Brandon, you're looking at him for movement. You're looking at him for how he interchanges, and, and so far, so good.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's very versatile in the number 10 role when he can play almost as another striker. He can stretch a defense by getting him behind. Um, he's great at combining with uh, a striker, uh, or he can drop deep and get it. Um, yeah, he's shown a lot of different things. Like Honestly, I'm genuinely impressed. Um, I didn't know what to expect. Didn't watch Darby last season. Uh, thank gosh, Ram did. And I'm glad you you chatted with him about that. Um, but yeah, he's been he's been really impressed with how uh, dynamic he is. You know, playing with his back to goal, getting him behind uh, his link up plays, eye for a pass. It's been great to see, uh, and I can't wait to see more of it. Honestly, I mean, there's probably going to be a lot of competition for you know the front three. Obviously, William coming back. You know, you still have to dislodge a person like Pedro. You know, Pulisic is. is you know, out wide, Mountain's been out there. But if you only have one position that number 10, um, you know, Barkley also looked good today too. So it's good. I mean, I think if it's kind of between him and Barkley, it's a good situation for us. Having two guys kind of go head-to-head for that spot, um, I think that's there's still be a lot of minutes to play and a lot of healthy, but uh, it's been a joy to see, see Mason. Um, and I guess Lampard keeps shooting down my fringe comment from last episode, so <laughs> we'll have to see. Um, Mike, any thoughts uh, like from you as far as Mason Mount stand out? Um, did it a little, little bit different than what we talked about?
2: No, I, I think so often we've had players who, you know, you had Matic in midfield or who wasn't shooting. I think the when I look at our midfield and we have, you know, potentially a Barkley or a Pulisic or, you know, Mason, all, all around the box, they're unafraid to shoot. I think that it opens us up in a way in which, um, we're somewhat spreading the offensive responsibilities around, and I think it just makes it harder for teams to come up with, a, "Hey, we're gonna double and triple team edden and just kind of sit in the box." Um, I've been very, very, I- I'm so happy to see how Mason's played. You know, a young kid like that to step up with the opportunity that you presented. I mean, that that's everyone's dream, um, and to see him kind of come through, uh, it's great hope for the club. Uh, it's great for him personally, and. I just, I think he's going to get a lot of playing time this year. I don't know how much in the Premier League, but I think that if he can push Barkley and 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 Ruben and everything else, I think it's going to be an embarrassment of riches for us. And I think if somebody's going to manage that and keep people motivated, it's Frank. So I think that this is actually a good situation for us, as opposed to in the past where we might have had players, you know, just rotting on the bench.
3: Would you say, Mike, that competition for places? Uh, is an interesting way to to use a team's resources. It's weird,
2: you know. In most other sports, <laughs> you use competition to uh, push people. What's a depth chart? Yeah, I don't know. You know, if you just oh, no, no, we're gonna get into that later. Don't worry. If you use a a, a, a sharpie to pencil in somebody on a roster, you know, it's it's weird how
3: uh, lazy they get about shit. I yeah, think that's why, there's, that's why that's, I'm still on this podcast after <laughs> after five years. <laughs> I can't
0: find an eraser. It's ridiculous. <laughs> You know, alcohol. I think there's still a lot of room for Mason to, to go and proving himself, but he's doing everything right, and so you can't fault him. Um, you know, you expect well, a young player and somebody come came from alone to have an exceptional, right? They need to stand out. They can't just fit into a system. They need to go above
3: and beyond and be one of the highlights. I think he's done it, Nick. He has locked in a starting spot because he gave us a shout-out, you guys. I mean, <laughs> hey yo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there, there is no quicker way into that, that Sharpie mode than to – to give the Londonist Blue podcast a little shout-out in the hallway. That was super nice of him. He didn't have to do that. No, not at all. I mean, he nailed the pronunciation and everything. Couldn't have asked for more. Like he did it for his career,
0: and I, I'm happy he did that. <laughs> that was good. All right, Dan, let's bring this full circle uh, to Tammy Abraham, uh, or as Kundi would always say, Tammy Whammy. Yeah,
1: Tam Tam gets his goal. Uh, you know, obviously had a couple of opportunities. One absolute sitter that was just the... You know, palms-to-the-face oh. moment where you just don't want to look because you know that sometimes the support can turn as quickly as it can rally behind someone. And thankfully, he kept his determination strong. He put himself in a position to stumble and bumble and force his way <laughs> past Ter Stegen to get the goal. And, you know, he even said in his little chat with Chelsea TV after the match that he, he should have scored two. He was very much aware of it in good spirits. But, man, like... He's taking on the number nine. McGaffer asked him if he would—he was up for it. He thinks he's going to dispel the myth. And you know what? I think all of us, after seeing Higuain and seeing Murata and seeing a couple other individuals who maybe Didn't haven't... Falcao have it? <laughs> oh, yes. oh, yeah, Falcao. <laughs> oh, <Don't... laughs> El, the El Tigre that was more of an El Wimpe. Um, El Pobre. El kitten. Yeah, yeah. He was more, uh, uh, more Kitten than anything else. Uh, ultimately... Very, very good day at the office for Tammy. Still a little bit to work on, um, but obviously, you know, we, that, that's why Drogba needs to come back to the club. You know, let's get him back into the fold as well.
3: Yeah, if, if he if he puts on, and I'm not saying a lot of weight, but just a little bit, and and he is able to maintain relative speed, he's going to be a handful, man. Yeah. Like, he's just too big. He's too tall. Uh, to to take advantage of in the air, so that's going to be a really difficult thing for Premier League defenders. Mike, it's like his height is for real. Uh, I think he needs to work a little bit more ball skill wise. He you know has a little bit of a little you know tough tough touches here and there, but um, you know, look, man, I, I'm all for confidence. I, I I wish he would have scored the brace today. I think yeah. that would have been an incredible first half from a guy who. You know, was really just trying to do the Mason Mount thing, right, and make it back on the team, but a little ways to go for him, I think. Yeah, there was, uh, I
2: think about 30 minutes into the match, there was a moment where I think Kepa cleared a ball deep, uh, and it's kind of, you know, American football, like, sometimes you just chuck a ball up and you you need your receivers to come to that ball, and and, and he turned and he chested it, it, you know, you know backed into a defender, chested it down, brought it down and turned, and and, and that seeing that, that that brings you back to visions of, of Drogba. And it, it's controlling that and having that big player kind of, you know, be able to chest it down, keep possession, and then the break is on. And and you can see, you know, Pulisic just bombing down the wings. And, and I think that, that dimension is something that we have missed for a while, I think, kind of in all aspects of the field. But um, Tammy has some real, you know, real potential. And, you know, luckily, too, with Griezmann's egregious miss made tammy's look like you know hey it happens to all of us but just the the horrible miss that griezmann had kind of made him tammy's day not so bad in my
0: opinion so i've got a, a more full list from our boy d Pizzi on we ain't got no history all right so mm. so check it out number nines that have not worked out tony cascarino oh. chris oh. sutton mateja kesman Khalid Boularouz, steve sidwell franco di santo fernando torres Maybe quite, I mean overall probably not, but he earned it with the Champions yeah, League yeah, semifinal the, the, and final. The
1: dollar per goal or the pound per goal <laughs> ratio is not very good, but it goes against him. shirt He, gets, he gets a pass. <laughs> he gets a pass for the the Barcelona goal.
0: I agree. Uh, Radamel Falcao, Alvaro Morata, Gonzalo Higuain. They all tried. They all failed. So uh, no pressure. I mean, it could just be him and Jimmy Floyd Housebank hanging out in the number nine club. Uh, but you know, I remember the days when Tammy was banging in like 50 goals for the, the youth teams. I mean, he was just scoring stupid amounts of goals and we're all kind of like, nah, he can't do it for the Premier League. And he did a great job for Villa. I mean, it wasn't easy. And I think that's good to see, right? He worked through adversity last season. Um, you know, what, you know, wasn't always sunshine or rainbows and he's came out a better player for it. And he's come out with confidence. And I think we're really starting to get some previews of these guys that have grown up Chelsea and they give anything to play for the club and to do the thing. I mean, can you imagine being a boyhood fan and player and then being giving the iconic number nine shirt? You could give a shit less who failed in it. You're like... This is mine. I, it's A dream come true. Super excited for him.
3: Well, and I think part of the thing that, like, we get into the striker debate and we, we talk about targets we'd love to sign and all this stuff. Like, we have become obsessed with YouTube clips of pretty goals. I mean, straight, straight up, we have. Like, watching Lionel Messi chip every goalkeeper in La Liga every season, it has become kind of a problem for guys like Tammy and Mishi and guys who score ugly goals at times. Like they're just not pretty and that's okay. Like they all count the same. You don't get 1.5 goals for scoring a pretty goal. Yeah. Uh, So while it may not, you know, there are a lot of people out there questioning if he meant to do the extra touch and you know, whether it meant to go, it went in the goal. And like, if he does that 20 times this year, we're going to be in a real good spot. So, you know, I, I I get obsessed with the pretty goals at times. So maybe it's just me projecting a little bit, but it is, but you know, I think there is a thing where it doesn't look if it's not pretty, it doesn't look super coordinated or or um, uh, on purpose, I guess. And I think he's going to be just fine. He just needs to work into the league. He's he's never had a real shot at this league. I mean, Swansea was not the best experiment to be a part of. So well, it was tough.
2: But let's not forget. I mean, he scored five goal, Premier League goals for Swansea, which is betters or equals what our strikers have put out in the last couple seasons so even in his really
1: on par with Higuain that you know look
2: (laughs) all I'm I'm saying is that his whore loan he still achieved everything that you know players who are playing alongside uh, you know Eden so I think he's got that potential man even even if he can knock in 10 goals I mean, I, let's shoot for 20, but, you know. Yeah, no, 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 yeah. I, I got you.
0: It's, it's, he's got a great opportunity. I think we're all optimistic, um, hoping for the best for him. Um, all right, well, we're going to take a quick ad break. When we get back, we are talking Christian Pulisic, and then we want to talk about Tomori potentially going on loan, uh, as well as Zuma verbally committing that he wants to stay Chelsea and fight. So lots of fun conversation coming up around the break. And we're back. So Christian Pulisic time. Look, if you don't want to hear about Christian Pulisic almost every single week, just get ready for it. Like that's Or
1: skip, or skip. You know, that, every you podcast know, app has a, a ten or fifteen or thirty it's gonna second happen. fast forward button.
0: They just need to get on board. Like, let's be honest. He's an exciting player. All right. He has some sick boots that he's wearing right now through the Nike ID, right? That stuff is fantastic. Um I do kind of want to point out the fact, though, Nick. No player has done more media than him right now. They are milking him for everything he wants, and I think you kind of mentioned that he might be getting a little tired of always doing Q and As and post match
3: interviews. I so it's it's been brought up before um, through various sources. It's not like anything you know super secretive that the Bundesliga in the way they handle player media is not what the premier league does. The premier league wants faces. There's a great picture of Tammy in our script. Look at that smile. Look how beautiful that is. Like he's, he's trying to steal the Zuma smile. Like that is, that's just wonderful. Like they, they want faces. They want talent. They want to represent the brand. It's, it's very, it feels a lot like the NFL. Like if you've ever been a part of the, like the post game interview process in the NFL, it's just, you know, Hey, tell us what happened. and, and by the way, you just ran a 10K, so and do it with eloquent, eloquence here. You know? Like yeah. it's it's just a whole thing. I think he's gonna have to get used to it. He's probably not been used to it at Dortmund, you know. And and there's just a growing up period that he's gonna have to go through. But everyone's pumped about him too, so it's like one of those really good problems to have. Where you know, I think he played relatively well today. We're getting we'll get into the performance here pretty quick, and you know when you're. A good looking twenty year old guy who is also, you know, one of the named people on a squad like Chelsea, you're gonna have to do interviews, you're gonna have to kiss babies, you're gonna have to sign autographs and You're gonna
1: have to let London is blue interview you some point later <laughs> in the season.
3: Or or right now, either way. Um you know, I think just get out, I think out of the way, just, right? <laughs> got a long flight home coming up, kill some yeah. time. <laughs> we you know when you turn 21 we'll get bullet to sponsor the interview and that will have solved a lot of things for us in one in one fell swoop which is great um I, I yeah i think i think he dan is in a really you know not only trying to onboard with the team and like understand frank and like all these other like normal job things he's also having to go the extra 50 percent and i'd be i'd be exhausted too if i just flew 5,000 miles and now I'm gonna have to fly 6,000 back and do all this extra stuff well
1: really didn't take a vacation kind of went right from this end of the season at Dortmund 10 into the gold cup then into playing for Chelsea and now playing in a very very hot and humid Japan where everybody looked like they were you know like in video games like there's the sweat detail like in the NBA like 2k series where that's like the f- sock photo they use Every person looked like that who was running around on that pitch. I it saw David Louise's
3: scalp for <laughs> yeah. the first time ever. It's I shocking. was like, oh, my God.
1: <laughs> melting. Oh. But oh, I, I think ultimately you know, where he, he did have a good game, good interchange, good ability to uh, take the ball forward, where he had an opportunity, it was in front of goal, uh, and that's going to come with time. You know, I, I think Nini made a, made a call out which I thought was fair, is that, you know, Christian is a little bit of a project player for Chelsea. You know, he is not necessarily, like many other players in the squad right now, is not the finished article. You know, we've bought into someone maybe a little earlier than we would typically. You know, we kind of have seen us in the past maybe go after someone who's 23, 24, 25, really about to transition right into the best part of their career. We're getting Pulisic much earlier than that. You know, still some opportunity with getting those shooting boots good to go and i think ultimately that's something where having someone like frank lampard like jody morris who can go coaching behind that build him up and kind of see his career his career as a player accelerate because of that is going to be really really exciting i mean I, I i wouldn't be surprised if he starts the season in the premier league uh, just because oh. of a depth situation right? right you know if we're we're actually probably very close in this match to what we could see in the opening match, uh, outside of center back, I think you potentially could see a different individual, uh, different pairing there. Uh, I think then the only other place is maybe striker. So you're looking at maybe two max, three changes to this lineup. And that is going to be your lineup to start versus United. Yeah.
0: What about the community shield? Come on. (laughs) Just kidding. Um, Mike, from I guess like a performance standpoint as well, you know, he's only going to grow with minutes. Mm -hmm. Um, He's still settling, new team, new level. You know, like I said, travel's involved, but I mean, it's hard not to be optimistic, especially as an American.
2: Yeah. No, I I mean, again, I think we've talked about this in the past, and and to actually have a player of his caliber wearing the Chelsea kit and getting, you know, the chance to see an American um, starting for Chelsea is huge. I mean, previously we have, like, I remember it used to be a big deal when Dempsey. Was playing at Fulham, right? And yeah. and now this is this is a, a top club, and it's an American. So it's it's one of those things that I'm super excited about, and like I'm not gonna <laughs> I'm not gonna like not be on that hype train because this is what I have been waiting for as a Chelsea fan, and um it just man it, it I can't wait. I can't wait for yeah. that kit. Announce his number. Please take my money. Take his money.
3: <laughs> Here's what I'll say about his performance. I, I think the finishing, obviously, can get better. I think his final third passing is going to be a breath of fresh air for us this year. Yeah. Um, you could start to see some of that come into uh, into place in this game. Not all of it, I think, and, until until there's a more solidified lineup and they kind of figure each other out in training, there's going to be a little bit of awkwardness. So you can't really put a whole lot of stock into that, but he's actually La Liga, Premier league fast. Yeah. And that is like the one thing that if, if you're looking at, you know, whoever Barcelona would throw at him, he was able to go by him and, and he just has the ability because of his speed to, to be a real problem for teams. And if he's a real problem and he's drawing a you know left or right back out of position and there has to be cover because he gets by him and he's pulling other players out of their comfort zone, then boy, does that open up some stuff. And we, you know, we saw that in Hazard's entire career uh, in a different way with more ball skill. So there's just a lot happening. and And I know that there's a lot of hype around him. He's legit fast, and I think we'll be a handful there and passing the final third. Amen to that. It's hype. Hype train is real. Hype. It changes how teams play
2: against us. We, I think at times we've just not been able to hit teams like Liverpool or some of the speed that we're seeing around the Premier League, and to have some of that again, I think it just is another dimension that we're checking off.
0: Couldn't get to the end line, right? Couldn't beat a yeah. man. We just pull up out in the wing, and we recycle it back. You well, know, We didn't yeah. really have a lot of... Unless Eden, I mean, obviously he had an insane amount of take-ons. But outside of that, there's a lot of standing around outside the box. Christian is going to beat a player and then offer something in the final third. So I think that's, um, you know, a huge breath of fresh air. Kind of interesting, though, you know, Dan, is that, as you mentioned, our center-back pairing is going to be an interesting situation. Um, Rumors Tamori is about to head out on loan. Uh, per simon johnson so very reliable source and then zuma has now come out and kind of verbally committed pushing back a lot of the rumors that you know maybe he wants to go back to everton is Everton gonna make a bid yada yada uh we we've got a mock depth chart here for center back one through four uh christensen i mean are you not putting rudiger in there christensen rudiger louise I, I think
1: i wouldn't put rudiger in there right now uh i mean you can just because obviously he's injured so we'll I go mean, with the four from the
0: preseason then yeah right all okay. right so tamari christensen louise and um azuma what do you think i guess would be your depth chart and feel free to add commentary before that even about the center back pairing in general especially as we head towards man united i mean even if, you know, Rudiger would be healthy, that's not going to be the first game he plays.
1: No, not at all. And I I think the, you know, I actually think Christensen had a a pretty bright game. Uh, He made some pretty good decisions. And again, he's not going to burn somebody down with pace, but he usually will have a good idea about when he needs to kick the ball to play, uh, when he can kind of make a little bit more of a touch to throw someone off. Uh, So I think there's a lot of cerebral elements to his game that, that get missed occasionally, but I, I think he looked really good, uh, especially next to to David, who is just, again, is continuing, I think, to do, defy expectations, and I think he will, will be the one, the one number one, I think the one consistent center back heading into the start of the season uh, for a couple of different reasons. He is a completely change of play, change of uh, play kind of player, where he's going to be able to immediately start an attack from one ball in a way that none of the other defenders have the ability to do so. And then I I think Zuma has to be number two. I mean, you you look at trying to partner up Dava Luiz with someone who is going to give us something a little bit different, give us a little bit more of the aerial strength, give us a little bit more of the the pace that, you know, maybe Louise actually does have and you know someone who isn't afraid to kind of challenge another uh, to challenge an attacker i mean we think about some of the matches where he pocketed kane where he pocketed aguero you know, he is capable of playing at the top level of the premier league and i think that is the one and the two i think Christensen just shades tomori for me uh tomori ends up being number number 4 there but i i think it has to be david zuma Christensen, and then you have Tamori, and I think the real question, Nick, is where is Rudiger going to slot in in that depth chart heading into the season?
3: Yeah, I mean it's going to be tough. Like Rudiger has a lot of work to do now, um, and it's not because you know you, you just automatically lose your place because of injury. Like I, I don't believe in that. You know, I think it's it's based on merit and it's based on merit over a period of time. Um, insert meritocracy reference here. Uh, I think <laughs> there is a. Uh, there's going to be a challenge for Rudiger because I think he can only successfully play uh, a role next to a ball distributor like David Luiz or Christensen. So I think a Zuma Rudiger partnership, while it, it would be strong, it would be fast. There would be good aerial ability. There isn't the ball playing out of the back potential there at least from what I've seen, and I could be wrong, um, that I think Frank has shown that he wants to employ. And so if that's the case, that makes it even harder, right? Because then it really becomes a battle of Christensen, or not Christensen, uh, of Luis and Christensen and Zuma and Rudiger uh, for each kind of the, the strong and the skilled positions in the center back pairing, Mike. And I don't know how you feel about that, but... I think there could be a lot of competition. Yeah, I mean, undoubtedly,
2: there's a ton of competition. Um, you know, I, I think it was an, an interesting game by Christensen. Um, he pinged a good 40, 50-yard ball himself that was a beautiful ball. So he has it. Um, I think that if I was the center back's coach, um, I think you got to put Tamori on loan, uh, get him lots of game time and experience, um, allow Christensen to battle for a starting position, because again, I think another year into this, if Christensen's not getting his opportunity, then I think he seriously has to think about leaving you know going elsewhere um to continue his career um I still think that I think Kurt has everything that he needs to be a great center back. I sometimes feel like. He plays disconnected. I think he's a little bit of what you see with Rudiger at times in which you have the physicality or the speed, and sometimes you're just not, your head's not in the space. I think we've, uh, over the last few games, you've seen a lot of the back four is at times moving pretty well in unison, keeping a tight line. Um, you're kind of seeing uh, Dave tuck in a little bit more, I think, to keep the box a little bit more compact. But um, I, would, I would imagine that it's going to be Zuma and... Um, Luis starting the season But I think that I think if anybody's going to be Knocked off the starting spot It's going to be Zuma um, I think that The mental aspect of his game I think he's going to play really well And when he doesn't I think that's going to be tough. So I think he's going to unless he can just step up and and run away with it. I think he's going to leave the opportunity for Rudiger to come back in and claim his spot. And if anything, I we have to hope that Zuma being there will push Rudiger to just the next level of where he's at because again, like let's not forget the the strikers he has in his pocket as well, Salah and and his great days. So um Everyone has room to work. Well, I, would, I did want to jump in and
0: say that uh, I, I'm assuming we're only going to carry four center backs. One will go. Um, you know, we kind of we kind of said this even Tweeds. Like, if we sold Christensen, it wouldn't be the end of the world to me. I mean, I think today shows that he's a lot league center back. And like, no offense to him, but think how good he could be in that league where just brute physicality isn't a requirement.
2: Who doesn't want to um, be know, a La Liga center back? To be, you know well, what I mean.
0: You know, David Luiz also has that toughness in him as well. He's, I mean, he's a freaking, you know, warrior at times. We've seen. So I think, it, yeah, you know, kind of like you said, it, it'll be, it'll come down to Rudiger, Zuma, um, Christensen, and David Luiz. Like I said, Tomori has an edge because he spent a season with Frank, and so he knows what he's looking for. Um, you know, but I can see times where we play, you know. Where you could play Rudiger and Zuma. I mean, there's times you get some nasty center forwards up there that you know, like an Ashley Barnes and nonsense, where they're not looking <laughs> to play. Right? They're just looking to be
3: dickheads. You're looking to get an, a Zlatan elbow to the yeah. to right eye. Yeah, put in the Bash yeah. Brothers,
0: and then they can sit there and just rough them up, or maybe even do that against a city where Aguero has no chance against two, you know, just just beastly center backs, things like that. So the uh, what i like about it is we have options we have strength we have flexibility um and as long as those center backs can get the ball off their feet to that the outside backs and the center mids we'll be fine we'll, we'll well,
1: i mean both rudiger and zuma just like for reference both of them had over 100 uh accurate like through balls um our long through balls this season so like both of them are capable of distributing i, I think we're kind of Shading them a little bit, like they're not David capable. David Luiz sets that. a crazy high bar. Yeah. Yes, I, that yeah. probably David Luiz out outperforms what we would expect of most defenders in all of football when it comes to distribution and midfielders. <laughs> yeah, sure.
3: <laughs> he was number one last year. He's number one in the league in through balls. Yeah, mm-hmm. number one in the whole league. David Luiz. It's crazy. Like the to me, I think where it becomes a challenge. It, it, you know, one I I love Tamori. I think you know he's actually shown me a lot in preseason. I think he's calm on the ball. I, he's not. He's you know he can't grow that much more. So like he's just he's going to be an undersized center back for most of his career. But he's a great distributor, and you know I think that's where that, that's where Frank has a conundrum. Is I I do not think unless Zuma vastly improves that he will ever match where Tomori is distribution wise. Maybe that's not important. Maybe I'm a fool. Doesn't matter. I think when you look at the, the skills that are required to play the position, Zuma has almost all of them and he will continue to be a dominant force in the air. And we, God damn it. We desperately need that. I I worry about, you know, while I, I think the rough them up approach, Brandon is, is, hilarious to think about frankly um i i don't i don't know if frank would sacrifice playing out of the back for two guys who in short passing situations not long balls dan in short passing situations are not super comfortable it looks like
0: zuma zuma's
2: 24 he turns 25 at the end of october god Rudiger's what twenty five? So I mean, we have young center backs. I, I think th- I mean this highlights the 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 difference 26. between. I'm sorry, uh, like a Louise and a Virgil Van Dyke, right? It's just they're head and shoulders above other players because they have that full package. Christensen's twenty three. Um, David Louise is old as shit, so you can go ahead and scrap
3: him out. <laughs> He's thirty-two.
1: He's also riding a two-year deal. Yeah,
3: and yet number one on the team sheet yeah. right now. Like, oh, yeah. if if I was Frank, David Louise is my number one on the team sheet. I will be a Louise till I die person this season. And I know it's not popular, and I know everyone is like written him off, and he makes too many mistakes, and all this other stuff. I cannot emphasize to you guys listening how important David Louise is to our season, and. If we're looking for, you know, and fairly enough, if we're looking for goals, if we're looking for assists outside of our creative players, he's a he's a real candidate. Uh, Zuma could be Zuma a real candidate because he had yeah. two
1: goals last season, yep.
3: and and he scored a beauty against Arsenal a couple of years ago that I, I loved. Oh yeah, you know, I, was,
1: I, I was at Sanford Bridge. I was there for that match. It was gorgeous. there you go.
3: Yep. So. We, You know, I think it, there is more than just distribution, so I don't want to, like, overplay that. But, yeah, the, yeah. I, I think Tamori would do well with a loan. I'm bummed for him that he he couldn't quite make it. But uh, another year, and we're going to be good. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, you know, Tamori's 21, Zuma's 24,
0: Christensen's 23, Rudiger's, you know, 26, did we say, Mike? Yeah. That That is a – like, that's an uh, that's kind of crazy to think. Usually your center backs are some of your oldest players, right? Because they're veterans, they're experienced, they read the game, they know when to make a tackle. We just have young, just 6'3", 6'3", 6'2", 6'2", 6'2" 6'1". Not the biggest guys, but they are, they are They're getting after it. I love it. Uh, but Let's go ahead and wrap up with uh, a couple of things, a little, some breaking news type things that have just happened in the recent days. Uh, looks like William is going to be getting number 10. Um, personally, I think I could care less. I think it's a good, it's it's a safe move. I would say. Um, when it comes to numbers and players, though, a lot of people at home would be like, "Who cares?" So I want to give a little little quick history lesson on some of this. Um, numbers mean something to players. Whether it's personal, it's their lucky number. You know, I think JT got 26 when he made his debut, and he never let go of it because it was so sentimental. Um, but back like way long ago in football the starting lineup wore one through 11 and it was very specific to what position you played just like tammy takes the number nine because that is the striker's position if you are a number nine um that's a big deal so for him to be a striker and wear nine is important it's the same thing with the number 10 uh it's your mo it's usually your Usually they play right in behind the strikers. They're your creative attacking midfielder. Either way, the whole idea between being behind being a number ten is that you're the dynamic playmaker of a team. Okay, and you can look across teams across Europe and the world. Uh, it's a big deal. So Dan, we disagreed. I said I think Williams is a safe choice because he, you know, he's what a year or two left at Chelsea. On, and I think that he's been a long servant of the club, so fine. you know. Like, I think it's safe with him. I think the opposite side of the argument was it should be going to potentially Christian Pulisic or hudson Adoy, And I think that if it goes to one of them, there will be a lot of animosity from one to another. It will also just muddy the waters of these two young players that need to keep their head down and just focus on the pitch and not what number they're wearing. But that's, again, just my opinion, and, and I, I want to let yours out there, too, and just so we can kind of get a full-rounded discussion going on this.
1: Yeah, I actually would have given it to nobody this season. Really? I would have let that number just sit vacant for a year and allow competition to push someone to achieve that number. I like uh, Yeah, you know, I think it – ultimately, the most important part of the shirt and the kit is the badge on the front of it, the number in the back – again to supporters is absolutely meaningless i get that it means something to players and not having played uh professionally anything beyond like middle school baseball uh the number on the back of the kid didn't mean a whole lot to me uh, you, were, so, you were
0: playing professional
1: eighth grade uh yeah <laughs> professional eighth grade middle school uh baseball
3: i would strongly disagree as as a representative of yokohama tires i think the sponsor's name on the front i'm kidding um, I actually, I, I agree with you, Dan. Like, I, I don't give a shit who wears what number, personally. I know they do, and and that's fine. Like, point being, Eden Hazard deserved number 10, and when he moved from 17 to 10, everybody was like, best player on the team, I think we're good. I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, You know, like, leave it vacant, whatever. I don't think Christian Pulisic should be chelsea's number 10 unless he fucking earns it unless he goes out and balls out every day and he's the best player on the pitch for five straight games leading up to some sort of trophy and he's the guy that like everyone like oh no we're gonna let christian hoist the okay then that's great but like i i don't think you give it to a young player right now and and frankly i think I, I, I brought this up in our group thread from like an economics perspective. I think it's a bummer for people who have William 22 jerseys, you know, like I think it sucks for them. And and it's not to say that it, it sucks for him personally, because it's a great honor and he's Brazil's number 10 right now, but like, man, just keep, you know, the reason that people bought John Terry and Frank Lampard jerseys and Drogba jerseys, even though he switched from 15 to 11 was because they knew, year after year, you're pretty safe. You, you kind of know John's going to be back there, Frank's going to be in midfield, and Drogba's going to be up top. And, and check, Brandon, obviously, with all your check jerseys, you, you knew he's the number one. So I, I would just hope that when a player chooses a number, that there's not a whole lot of fluctuation, because it sucks for people who buy that number thinking that that's going to be it.
1: I mean, there was the whole situation with LeBron just recently and the Anthony Davis situation where he was going to gift the number to him, and then they were like, no, no, no. There's a ton of jerseys that LeBron's name is already printed yeah, you, on. We're yeah. not changing that. Yeah.
3: You know, how many we'd have to replace <laughs> or like do for free. Like we're not economies of scale don't work. But right. uh, the the one thing I would say, I think I think Dan had a r-
2: really brilliant point of give it to no one because I saw way too much BS on the internet about you know young players deserving it. I don't think Christian would want it. I think this gives him the 22, which is probably what he wants, which is great for me. I do the the one p- positive of this is I don't. We're not talking about William much, right? We know he's got the banged up knee, but man, we know he's also lived in a bit of Eden's shadow. And his best year ever was when we were all playing poorly in fifteen sixteen. If that number ten means that much to him, that he can give us one of the best years of his career, maybe you know what I mean. Maybe this, maybe this is the captain's armband that we were discussing last year. Maybe, maybe that's the thing that he needs to just say, you know what. I'm going to tear this up. I'm going to score double-digit goals, you know what I mean? He's going to just do something that he's never done. And if if it's all down to the number 10 kit, so be it. And you know, the 22 is going to be iconic for William forever. And this is more of like a kind of a bonus extra jersey, right? So, I don't know. I'm
3: Brandon, have you ever seen a player Put on a ten and play better.
0: I mean, I can't think of anything that comes to my mind, but I understand the <laughs> psychology behind it. I mean, it's silly, but I could see it. Like, there's a weight behind the number ten, just like there's a weight behind the number nine that made Alvaro Morata fall down every time he ran. Um, <laughs> and and it could be a, like it's, it sounds silly, but there could be psychology for William to be like, it's iconic for him to quote unquote take over from Ed Nazard and step up and be that
3: player for Chelsea this season. I you know. We we need him yeah. to be we need sure him to have do. his best ever season. You thinking about where goals are going to come from. Yeah. I mean, time to step up now. Let's, Let's go. Two. Well, the other flip side of this is that Callum
0: Hudson-Odoi is allegedly has signed, maybe by the time this podcast comes out it will be official. But everyone is reporting that he signed a five-year deal, something like a hundred thousand dollar a week base salary with potential add-ons up to eighty thousand. I saw um, it's something crazy. At the end of the day, look, I'm happy he got it done. This whole back and forth with Bayern that was a mess in the winter. I personally haven't forgotten it. Um, you know, Dan, and and if I'm being honest, it to me it's it tarnishes his reputation um but at the end of the day if he goes out recovers fully and it's just electric and dynamic I'm, I'm probably gonna be good with it i'm probably gonna be okay yeah,
1: you're gonna you're gonna forget pretty quickly i think everybody's gonna have a, a very easy bit of amnesia come over them the moment he starts banging in some goals because that that's all you want and you know this just goes back to the fact of like what is the value of appointing someone like frank lampard like even if Frank doesn't go beyond two to three seasons at Chelsea. If he secures someone like Mason Mount, helps secure someone like Ruben Loftus-Cheek, and then also secures Calum hudson Joy's signature for the next four to five years, that is a young group of talent that can be groomed, that can be put into a situation that is going to potentially save this club a ton of money that we can then use to spend in the areas we need. You know, You look at next season, potentially... Left back might be an area where we need to invest a little bit. Maybe someone might need a little bit of a striker investment in the next uh, next window where we can actually buy. So, like these are moves that are truly are, have a direct connection to the appointment of someone like Frank Lampard, the appointment of Petr Cech, and a little bit more holistic strategy nick that we've been asking for from the club for six seasons now
3: (laughs) strategy Uh, what's that
1: there's there's this there's an ideology there's a thought process Mm. there's an executed game plan even before he stepped on the pitch at the start of this season that has me very excited and i i'm happy for callum i'm happy that he's going to get this opportunity to potentially flourish at Chelsea for the next couple of seasons. And, um, you know, uh, hopefully England will also benefit too. You know I mean? It, again, you know, he, he should rise, um, the same way that Mason is. And, and he'll take Deli Alley's spot in the England team. It's a, it's gonna be great. It's gonna be the, uh, Chelsea, the Chelsea national team.
3: Uh, yeah, I, I think to, to the point that we, you know, when we talked to Joe tweets a couple of weeks ago and, and this was still on the table, he said, you know in not to quote him directly, but something to the effect of if he signs this and gets what he wants, you know, maybe outside of the the jersey that he's wearing the the number, it's on him now, like you know you you draw this out for you know eight, nine, ten months, and you know there's a lot of uncertainty and you're you know you are you know putting yourself in a position where you're making yourself uh, seem like a player who can't be lost. That's great. And like, I'm happy that he got his money and I'm happy that, you know, he feels confident that Frank's the guy to take him over the top. And I'm happy for all this. It's on him now. Right. And and the risk is that there have not been a ton of cases. I don't give a shit who says September. I don't give a shit who says this. I want to see this dude come back healthy at whatever point he feels healthy <laughs> I don't need the Times or any other newspaper outlet saying, Oh, it's definitely going to be September. If it is cool, if it's not, and it's December, whatever, doesn't matter. I need this dude to come back. I need him to be electric. I need him to be able to push off with confidence, which is by the way, Mike, one of like the things that people don't take into account right now is like his dynamism is that first few steps yeah. and boy, oh boy, is an Achilles an important part of that. like, I just – I need him to to go and show out now. Yeah, he – it's a
2: tough situation. Um, I'm very much with Brandon. I'm a little bit upset about how things have happened, and and I will fully concede that if I was an 18-year-old kid with a bright future that I sure as hell would want to be paid now for my potential as opposed to what I've put in. Um, But like I said, there's no Europa League this year. You know what I mean? Like you've got to perform on a bigger stage and, oh, by the way, you're, you know, your biggest asset – right now is how dynamic and quick you are and how well can you recover from that. And, you know, are you going to get a ton of money and then look like a punk because it's just taking you a longer time? For me, um, I'm writing him off basically completely this year, not in a bad way, but I don't expect much from him until he's got some time to recover, much like it's taken Zuma a long time for his knee to heal up. I, I mean... People keep talking as if both Ruben and and, and, and somehow Callum are going to come back and going to be where they were. I, I don't think so. I think they're going to need months to recover, and I think it's going to be really difficult. So um, I'm really glad that this is behind us. And as long as we're not back here in another year or so talking about money and other things, then it'll be all water under the bridge. But um, let's just let's go. Heal up, and let's see what you can do. Just to throw one thing in there, uh, he looked
1: pretty good in the League Cup against Tottenham last season. So, like he he has played higher comp people and made some Premier League professionals look pretty bad. So, like I, I get the the desire to be cautious about like what it is that like he's going to be able to deliver as he gets healthy. But I don't think anybody can deny the talent and the ability to be successful at this level. Um, when at times last season, he looked better than both Pedro and William and his ability to, to cut, to move quickly, to be more decisive. And I think those are things that if we look at like what Frank is doing right now, it is about quick movement. It's about getting in. It's about going direct. And I think Callum more than any of the other wingers is set to succeed under the way we're
2: playing but that's a little bit of the sharpie thing right you know pedro and william were were just written in stone and um i'm not saying that he i I would agree he has the he's like zuma right he's got what he needs to be there but he needs consistency and he did not show consistency last year uh he had some big games but the majority of them were smaller competition and 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 looking better than pedro that's not good enough in my book because Pedro's an old dude and we expect better from that position. So, um
1: Pedro also had the second most goals last yeah, season. Yeah, he did, so, but again, like,
2: he still and he faced injury and I think that he might have had a better season had he not he took some awful shots. Sure. But being better than somebody who's like just being, you know, it's kind of that whole play the youth like oh we're sucking right now so just play the youth. It's not necessarily the answer to the problem. It's the short-term it, maybe it'll be better if we do that. So, uh, I, I would agree. I think I think he has greatness on him. I still think that he needs time, and we'll see how he, how he goes from here.
0: They're 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 locked onto long term contracts, so patience can be preached to them. There's no rush to kind of change things. Uh, they will be given time because it's a long term strategy. I mean, Ruben and Callum, um, you know, specifically getting five year deals. That's important. They have you know, secure futures. And that shows that the club has intent on developing them. So, um, yeah, I think that'll go ahead and wrap us up again. Thank you so much for for hanging out with us listeners uh, on another Summer Series podcast. Uh, We um, were able to to uh keep bringing these to you even though it's a midweek for us uh you know podcasting just comes easy right now it's enjoyable there's a rejuvenation amongst the the fans and us as well so again thank you so much for listening to us uh connect us on social media this week but until next time chelsea fans you know what to do keep
1: the blue flag flying high racketing cup champions 2019 deuces
2: aspy beard